Welcome to Real Life Church. For more information about our ministry and available resources, visit us online at reallifeankeny.org. Now let's join this week's service already in progress. We're going to get going with the teaching text today. And there are three, uh, three different teaching texts today. And the first one, it's actually Hebrews uh, 13, 15. Instead of 13.5, so I, I'll actually read that one. Uh, it's not going to be in the, the bulletin here. Um, so start off, Hebrews 13.15. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And Psalm 104-5. Enter his, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. And the last text here is Ephesians 5.20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you so much for this opportunity to hear your word today. God, we pray that you speak through Reed today and give him uh, the strength and knowledge and wisdom to hear your words and speak them clear to us and let our hearts be in a spot that can receive your word, Lord, and be open to you. And we thank you for the, the movement you have intended for us today and the words you have intended. We thank you for this opportunity to be here to hear those words, Lord. Amen. Good morning. Thanksgiving is Thursday. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And you know, I just want to tell you a little story about how amazing God is. God knew I was going to talk about thankfulness this morning. And in the middle of the night, I opened up my Bible just to the next chapter, Psalm 9. And I read, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You know, I read that, or I read that last night, and my heart said, yes, I want to live that way. That's what I want to have going on in my heart and mind. I I want to say, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. You know, it is so easy to be unaware of, totally unaware at times, that unthankfulness, complaining, and even self-pity is permeating your conversations, your internal thinking, and even your prayers. (laughs) Now, if I ask you this morning, um, are you really a thankful person? No. Probably most of us would say, well, of, you know, of course I, you know, of course I am thankful. And yet, here's how we often talk. Oh, you'll never guess what happened to me today. The washing machine broke. So-and-so hurt my feelings. I'm under such a heavy load at work. My allergies are miserable. Nobody called. Nobody from church called me to see how I was doing. I was up with two sick kids in the middle of the night. 
my life just kind of stinks right now. I don't know how I can put up with this situation or this person any longer. Yes, of course, I am a very thankful person. Yes. But you see, the taillight went out of my car, and I got a ticket from the police, and I got this huge bill for my property taxes in the mail, and on and on. Now, there's nothing wrong with telling someone the difficult things that are going on in your life. Okay? Don't misunderstand me. But there's a huge difference between sharing those things with, an, with a sort of ingrained self-pity that really doesn't want to escape from them. We talk about those things with self-pity just dripping from our voice. There's a huge difference between that or sharing those things with an attitude, an underlying attitude of gratitude. You can say, you know, this hurts right now. This really hurt today. But I know God is good, and I know God will work all this for good. God will work good in this. Self-pity puts the worst possible interpretation on circumstances, and thankfulness lifts you out of your misery and opens your heart to God. Gratitude is one of the most important qualities God desires from you. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom, let us show gratitude. You know, we could have said, it could have said, therefore, since we have received a kingdom, you know, let us fast and pray, which there's nothing wrong with that. Could have said, you know, let us go on a pilgrimage or climb a real high mountain or do something, some great act. But it says, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Another translation says, let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts. You serve God by giving thanks. You please God by giving thanks. It is, the, it is the one thing that God wants from you in response to your salvation. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, which we read earlier, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Giving thanks is a big deal. To God, and it, and it really should be a big deal to us. Continually offering up a sacrifice of praise to God. What is that sacrifice of praise to God? It is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Not giving thanks is the first sign of man's sinful Rebellion against God. It's a, it's a part of the fall. It's a part of the describe, description of depraved, rebellious, sinful humanity in Romans 1. They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but their foolish heart was darkened. So we, we are living like fallen, depraved people when we complain and grumble. We're not living like saints when we live in self-pity and complaining and grumbling. In the Bible, grumbling is in the same category as idolatry and immorality. I won't take time to go to those lists, but I could show you that. 
It is a part of life of darkness. Unthankfulness is part of the life of darkness that we've been called out of. And I'm amazed when you read scripture. I mean, if you, if you, if you get out of how, how you think you're supposed to live and actually read what the Bible says how you're supposed to live, you'll be amazed. Thankfulness is to abound in our lives. It's to abound in our talk, in our expressions. Colossians 2.7 says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, and overflowing with thankfulness. It's like, okay, there's that basic ingredient, basic thing that God wants, that basic response that God wants out of our hearts. Thankfulness is, is a way of life. It's a daily thing. It's a continual thing. It's, it's, a, it's a way of living. It's, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of looking at life. It's a way of thinking about everything. It's a way of expressing ourselves before God. We are to be always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, Ephesians 5.20. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, Colossians 3.17. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. One, the NIV says, or give thanks in all circumstances at all times and in all things god's will for you for me today is that you be giving thanks I mean, if you want to know what you can go to to go if you if you want to know what you can do to go serve jesus today that's it you you go you can go give thanks to him all day long thankfulness is a is a key uh, to personal happiness. It is a scriptural principle that where your, where your mind is allowed to go, your feelings will end up. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 basically says, uh, pray about everything with thanksgiving and the peace of God will guard your hearts. Think on the things that are noble. Think on the things that are admirable, excellent. Think on the things that are worthy of praise. In other words, think on the things that you can give thanks for. If you fill your mind with things to be thankful for, your feelings will be different. Uh, Tim LaHaye wrote, You create your own emotional state by either griping or giving thanks. That may be a little simplistic, but there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. William Law uh, wrote, If I could tell you the shortest, surest way to all happiness and all perfection, it would be to make a rule for yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity may happen to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. If you could work miracles, you would not do more for yourself than to have this wonderful spirit, for it heals by just a word. 
and it turns all that it touches into happiness. I know I've shared this quote before in past years, but uh, James Kennedy once began a message by saying, and it, it's really, it was really quite, really quite shocking, but he began a message by saying, what if I had a magic wand that could take away all your unhappiness and depression? He paused for in just dead silence for a few moments, and then he went on, well, I do have it. It's thankfulness. Henry Frost served for many years as a missionary in China. In his journal, he wrote of a very difficult time in his life. He says, I had received sad news from home, and deep shadows covered my soul. I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish. I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness only deepened. Then I went to a China Inland Mission Station... And I saw on the wall of the mission home a plaque with these words, Try Thanksgiving. That was just all that was on the plaque. Two words, Try Thanksgiving. Henry Frost said, I did. And in a moment, every shadow was gone, not to return. What should we give thanks for? Everything. You know, I love to listen to my grandkids pray at lunch at our house on Thursdays. God, we just thank you for this beautiful day, for being here at Grandma's house, for pizza, for packages, for birthdays, whatever, for ice cream. They are not bound by some religious idea of what we can give thanks for. I mean, the short answer is that we should give thanks for everything. That's what the Bible says. We should give thanks every time we eat or drink. Jesus took bread and gave thanks. That's our pattern. We should give thanks for all the health we enjoy. Psalm 103, forget none of his benefits who heals all your diseases. You should give thanks every time you recover from any kind of sickness or disease. 1 Timothy 4, uh, Paul said, Marriage and food are things which God created to be received with thanksgiving. You know, I believe if you're married, you should give thanks for your spouse. You should give thanks for, married, for being married. If you're single, you should give thanks for that too. There's, there's things that Paul says are beneficial to that. So, so if that's where you, where you live, then you give thanks for that. But in this particular passage... Uh, Paul says, marriage and food are things which God created to be received with thanksgiving. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. So I love that passage because Paul's concern was not to keep us from having, experiencing good things, but to tell us how important it is to receive those things with thankfulness, with thanksgiving. Give thanks for the good people God has brought into your lives. Uh, Paul said, we always give thanks for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. You know, I can really get encouraged just thanking God for the really dear people we have here at Real Life Church. I can get really encouraged by just thanking God for my wife, for my kids, for my grandkids. 
for good friends. But the thing we should be most thankful for is salvation. If you only see circumstances or material things as good, you will not always have much to be thankful for. Uh, there, there are, I mean, I think we should give thanks for, you know, parking spaces, a good bargain at the mall, uh, you know, when the Hawkeyes win, if you're a Hawkeye fan. But there are much greater things to be thankful for than those, like that God saved you and loved you and is with you and will never leave you. Colossians 1.12 says, we are, we are to be giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. And if you're a child of God, if you belong to Jesus, it says that the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. In other words, you are qualified for heaven and for all that, this, any, the, for, for all that the saints will enjoy. Right now, where you sit this morning, the Father has qualified you to be eternally with him. You don't have to go through purgatory to attain enough holiness to enter heaven. You are qualified right now to share in an inheritance with all the other saints. And that's something to give thanks to the Father for. Always giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. The word salvation means that God saved us from the wrath to come by the blood of his son. That's something to give thanks for. Uh, Jonathan Edwards said, It is by the sheer mercy of God that we are not in hell. So be thankful that you have been chosen by God for salvation. Jesus said, Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If you value your salvation, if these things really mean something to you, then you will always have something to be thankful for. You know, you you should always be saying, uh, thank you, God, that you would choose me, that you would love me, that you would want me, that you would be my God, that I am yours. That ultimately is your reason to give thanks, your reason for happiness. Jesus Christ loved you and gave himself for you. He nourishes and cherishes you. As John said, what kind of love is this that we should be called children of God? And we have so many spiritual blessings. The Holy Spirit is with you and inside you. Christ is interceding for you. God justifies you. And you are really, really blessed. Thankfulness is to permeate our prayers. Uh, The Bible says to present your request to God with thanksgiving. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and then also Colossians 4, 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So certainly your prayers should include requests for what you need or for what you want, but those requests are to be expressed with thankfulness. Thank God for things he's done for you in the past. Thank God for the goodness and mercies that you are currently experiencing. Um, And give thanks for all the good that is on the way. 
by faith. Uh, you know, my, my, my dad uh, ended just about every prayer with, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you are going to do. And it probably got to be a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, I love the heart of that. Just to say, God, thank you for all that you've done and all that you are going to do. Prayers like this will lead to peace in your heart. It will overcome a multitude of distressing emotions. Uh, Prayer without thanksgiving can actually leave you worse off than before you prayed. Uh, Tim LaHaye, in a book titled Overcoming Depression, wrote, Prayer without thanksgiving will be detrimental and tend to make you depressed. Anytime you come away from a period of prayer more depressed than when you started, examine your prayer for that missing ingredient, thanksgiving. And it makes sense. You know, if, if in prayer you only uh, recite your worries, your fears, your complaints, then it, it doesn't leave you more at peace. It doesn't leave you more joyful. You know, I appreciate, one of the things I appreciate, appreciate about hearing uh, Mike Sheik's pray, uh, whether it's at a deacon's meeting or, or wherever, he, he almost always has a whole list of things that he gives thanks for. I don't know where he learned to do that, but, but he generally practices that. And it's so encouraging. And it's so uplifting to be around someone who is praying and just, not, not that we're not making a request, but that just a big part of the prayer is that we're giving thanks. Thankfulness is not only to permeate our prayers, it is to permeate our personal conversations. Thank, thankfulness is a way of talking about everything with everybody. Ephesians 5, 3, and 4 says, But among you there must not be obscenity, foolish talk, which are out of... Um, something or other, I wrote that down wrong. But anyway, the bottom line is, says, But among you there must not be obscenity and foolish talk, but rather there must be giving of thanks. So when you're with other people, when you're with your spouse, when you're with, even with your kids, um, you are to say things with an attitude, with a voice, with a heart of thankfulness. You know, when your spouse comes home from work, are you saying, you know, I am so thankful about this or that, I am so thankful, whatever, or is it, you'll never guess what happened to me today? You know, and there's just a difference in tone. I mean, you can talk about those things that happened to you today, but there is a difference in whether we whether we permeate our conversation with gratitude and thanksgiving. I mean, you can say something is, man, I'm thankful for blue sky today. You know, I'm thankful it's Sunday. I'm thankful that Thanksgiving is coming this Friday or Thursday. I'm thankful that we've, you know, we've got a couple of days off. Uh, I'm thankful I feel so much better today. You, I mean, there's just always things that you can say, be talking about with one another and to your spouse um, saying that you're thankful for. Hindrances to thankfulness. I'm going to share several, that I, several things that I believe are hindrances to thankfulness. Number one, prosperity. Just the fact that we have a lot. The more people have, the less grateful 
people tend to be. You know, once we have something, we almost immediately lose our appreciation for it, unless we're threatened with losing it again. Um, and then we, then sometimes in those situations, we realize how much we liked having it. Uh, someone said that if the stars only came out once a year, we would stay out all night to watch them, and we would just be taken with their splendor. But because they're there every night, we take a more ho-hum attitude toward them, except for Luke. You know, we become numbed by God's goodness. You know, I heard a part of a message on a, ra- on a radio one morning. I was, I was actually um, driving. I was on my way uh, around 8 o'clock in the morning and had Christian radio on. I, I, just, I heard just a part of a message by a guy named Bob Russell. Never heard of him before. But he, but he said this. Um, he said, I could make you exuberantly happy within 24 hours. I mean, he just stated this as a guarantee. I could make you exuberantly happy with 24 hours with exactly the circumstances that you're living in right now. But it would be a brutal 24 hours. First, I'd have your lawyer call you and tell you that you were being sued and it looked like you were going to lose every dime you had. Then I'd have your doctor call you and tell you that he's looked at your latest test and thinks you have a terminal disease and you've got just six months to live. Then I'd have a trusted friend call you and tell you that the three people who are closest to you in your life have been killed in an accident. He went on for a few other things, but then he said, and after 24 hours, I'd call you and say, none of this is true. You still have your wealth, your home, you still have your loved ones, and you still have your health. After you took a deep breath and probably punched me out, you would be exuberantly happy with exactly what you have right now. And his point was that uh, our ability to be thankful doesn't really have so much to do with what we have, but is being able to see the things that we have to be thankful for. That's being able to see the things that you have to be thankful for is way more important than a whole new set of circumstances. R.T. Kendall, in his book on thankfulness, wrote, uh, Prosperity may have the consequence of making us forget. We're used to having food of every kind within a couple of minutes. We're used to having temperature-controlled houses or apartments, hot water for baths, ice whenever we want it, shoes, clothes, hairspray. And if we're not careful, we get used to prosperity and presume upon it. We forget that we have good health. We forget that we have a warm place to sleep. We forget that we have a place to work. Uh, David said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Number two, reason or hindrances to thankfulness. Lack of faith in God's control or God's sovereign rule in our lives. Now, I fully know and I get that God's sovereignty has been overemphasized in some circles to the point that it just sounds like fatalism. Uh, But I'm not sure how you can be thankful without acknowledging 
the prerogative of God to do what he does in our lives. God is God. God is in control. In heaven, we will see the will of God in its perfect and final fullness. Uh, no tears, no pain, no sorrow. But there, is a, but there is a true sense in which God is in control right now in our lives, in all that happens, even in the midst of this fallen, broken, evil world. It's hard to understand, very hard to understand. But there is a sense in which we pray for God's will to be done in a sense which it's not being done, which it will be when the kingdom comes. But there is also a sense in which God's will is being done right now in our lives and all that happens, and therefore we can give thanks in all things. You know, yesterday morning I went out to um, start my snowblower, and it would not start. Uh, I went through the steps that you're supposed to go through. I reread the manual on how you're supposed to turn it on. I thought maybe I'd forgotten something from last year. Um, I, I, I pulled on that cord, <laughs> changed arms, you know, I, until after I wore this arm out, I, I, I went to the other arm. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I literally pulled it, you know, 50, 60, maybe 100 times until I was just exhausted. Uh, I'd, you know, I'd had a bad cold and really didn't have all my energy back and um, still had some congestion, so I was, I was breathing heavy and kind of coughing up from my lungs. And so after, after about 15 or 20 minutes of, of failure and frustration... I thought, and I started to say, I didn't actually say this, but I did actually think this. I, I started to say, I really don't need this today. Now, I don't know, that's a, that's a very common phrase that people say, and I hate it. I absolutely hate that phrase. I don't think there's too many phrases that express unbelief and, and a lack of recognition of God and his goodness and his His. his sovereignty, his ability to work good out of all things than that statement. But I, it actually did go through my mind, I really didn't need this this morning. But because I, um, I hate that phrase with a passion, <laughs> I repented of it, and I, I said out loud, I probably really do need this this morning. <laughs> I said, this exercise might be just what my lungs need to clear out. Maybe the Lord wants me to do something else first this morning. So I'll just come back to this, and I'm sure it'll start up later. Thank you, God, for your leading. And I was just actually walking away from the snowblower and heading inside when, when I glanced back at it, and I realized, and you're going you're gonna to think, how dumb is this guy? But I realized there was an electric starter on that that I've never used before. And I didn't know how to use it, uh, but I, I saw that there was a plug-in on it, so I went and got a cord, I plugged it in. And plugged it in, it cranked over and started, got my driveway done. And I was so thankful that I will never have to yank that cord again, you know? <laughs> God was just trying to help me out, you know? Um, but, you know, it, it, uh, there, there's a world of difference between sort of just caving in to uh, I really don't need this happening to me today or 
God, you may have something you're going to do. You're going to work in this. And, and I, I felt like it was such a God moment for me and such a small, crazy thing. But it is amazing when you do uh, give thanks in difficult things and open up yourself to God, to God acting how he does. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you've got to believe that. You must believe that as a child of God, your steps are being ordered by the Lord. Even in, even in little problems and big problems, even in losses and disappointments, the steps of a good man are being ordered by God. And he promises in this present life, God promises to redeem everything that happens to you for good. He takes everything that happens to you and weaves it into a plan for good. So by faith, we are to see God at work in every smallest event and give thanks. Uh, third hindrance to thankfulness is comparison. And there's probably nothing that kills thankfulness in our hearts more than a tendency to look around us at other people who we think have it better than us. Jesus told a parable about workers who were hired in the morning and promised a wage. They were content and thankful to receive that wage until they saw that the workers who started later in the day were paid the same amount of money. And then they were really upset. They were no, they were no longer thankful. Comparison ruined everything for them. So if you tend to compare yourself with others, you can become a very thankless person. No matter how much you truly have to give thanks for. Number four, I think. Uh, associating with people who grumble. You know, it's amazing how much good it does you to be around people who are thankful and positive and approach life with faith. And it's, am it's amazing how bad it is for you to be around people who talk continually uh, bitterness and complaint and continually talk, make criticisms. You know, churches deal with this all the time. One person starts grumbling and gossiping, and pretty soon it affects another person, and then there's another person that's drawn to that. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And that applies, that applies to a, a complaining, grumbling uh, spirit, too. Now, we do love and help people who are grumblers, okay? But when you start sitting down and agreeing with them and reinforcing their negative attitudes... You are really giving up your God-given calling to be thankful and your God-given calling to help others develop a thankful heart and spirit. Bob Russell, that pastor again, who I don't know anything about, but I heard that morning that I was driving, said those who plan our short-term missions projects get concerned if there are two complainers on the same trip. Because they say the complainers gravitate towards each other, they exaggerate the problems, 
They contaminate others and sour the whole trip. And his point was to latch on to people who are thankful, people who are not complaining. And that's really good advice for us. Latch on to to thankful people. And, you know, if you're around someone that really uh, generally, I mean, none of us do it perfectly, but if you're you're around, you know someone uh, who lives more out of, out of faith and uh, thinks on things that are worthy of praise and give thanks, you know, latch on to that person and say, hey, I, you know, I want to think how, how you think. I want to learn from you on this. I want to I uh, I I get, I want to tap into what, what you have and how you think. Uh, number five, demanding perfection in our circumstances. Kind of related to the, the, the same, the first one I shared on the, the problem that comes with prosperity where we just forget how prosperous we are. But demanding perfection in our circumstances. Um, it's the mentality that I, of I will not be happy unless. You know, I, I want this quality of food. I want my hair to look this way. I want these things for my kids. I want to make this much more money. And pretty soon, those wants are demands, and they become a source of unhappiness. And it's so easy to just become unhappy uh, any time that life is less than 100% perfect. You know, one of my favorite times of the week is Friday night. And Cindy and I have a routine. We order a pizza. I go pick it up. We sit and relax. We watch an old movie from the 40s or 50s, which I know I don't expect anybody to understand that. Um, and then after it's over, we go upstairs and sit in our family room, turn on, turn on the fireplace, and we sit and just talk and just enjoy talking with each other. But, you know, as, as good as that all sounds, if they didn't put enough cheese on the pizza that night, if I'm not careful, it can ruin the night. You know, it's hard to not just focus on the one thing that is not up to our expectation. So we need to be careful about demanding perfection. We do live still in a fallen world, and and we have much, much, much to be thankful for, but it's not heaven yet. And so you just kind of realize that those things are part of living in a fallen, broken world, and you're thankful for how good it really is still living in this world. We are incredibly blessed, but we are not home yet. You know, I want to go back and share one, one thing that I, for, that I forgot to mention um, under the idea of, of being prosperity. You know, the proper pers- response toward all of our blessings is to be continually, is not to forget them, but to be continually amazed at God's goodness and to continually remind ourselves of those. You know, David said in Psalm 116, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I think that is, I think that is a great attitude. If you can memorize that verse and just repeat that uh, over and over, it's, I mean, it's, 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 wonder, it's a wonderful way to think. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me. I shall lift up the cup of salvation to you. I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. 
and call upon the name of the Lord. So that's the way that we are to respond to life. All right, for just some final applications this morning. Begin to work on your internal talk. Um, You know, thankfulness, I mean, I can tell you all day long that you should give thanks, and I could make a list of things that you ought to give thanks for. But until you really seriously begin to correct your internal dialogue, your self-talk, or the way that you actually think thoughts, the thoughts that are actually going on in your mind, until you really start to correct that, you're really not going to be overflowing with gratitude. It is so easy to actually devote yourself to worry and anxiety and complaints instead of devoting yourself to thinking on things that are good and noble and excellent and worthy of praise and worthy of giving thanks. It is a conscious choice, but it, it starts inside, in your, in your heart, in your attitude. Number two, begin to express thankfulness. It not only has to start in our heart, but but there is a place where we just actually do say thank you. I mean, and it helps. It really helps. Like the psalm that I that I opened up with this this morning, um, Psalm nine. Man, the first first verse of that. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You, you, you be actually begin to do that. Practice it. You know, Jesus healed ten lepers, but it says only one came back. Or it says one came back, excuse me. One came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? Only one expressed thankfulness. You know, I'll bet you if you confronted some of those other guys, the other, you know, the other nine, the other rest of the lepers that were healed, probably they would, they would say, oh, yeah, I am thankful. But only one came back and fell or threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And that's, that's what God wants you to do. Since you go back to, to God, you go, back, you go to the Lord, you go to Jesus, you throw yourself at his feet, and you thank him. Express thankfulness. Uh, number three, start your prayers with thanksgiving. And don't move on to your requests until some feeling or sense of gratitude is stirred in your heart. You know, I, th- I think it is so important when we, when we pray, uh, pray about things um, to include thanks, thanksgiving. I, I mean, I think there is a reason that the Bible says make your, present your supplications um, with thanksgiving. You know, pray about everything, yes. Um, pray with supplications. Make urgent, fervent re- requests. But do it with thanksgiving. Um, it's just so easy for prayer 
to actually pull you down rather than lift you up if you don't include uh, thanksgiving generously in your prayers. And then the fourth and final one, practice giving thanks in all circumstances and whether you are sad or happy. Practice giving thanks when you are sad or happy in all emotions, in all situations, in all circumstances. And this does take a discipline uh, because if you don't feel like giving thanks, it's hard to give thanks. And yet there is a place for, for, for just practicing giving thanks no matter how you feel. Jonah gave thanks from the belly of the whale. I've always, I've always been impressed with that. He says, when my life was ebbing away, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord with shouts of grateful praise. I said, I will sacrifice to you. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And it's so important to remember the Lord even when you feel like your life is ebbing away and to do it, as he said, um, from the belly of the whale, when my life was ebbing, ebbing away with shouts of grateful praise. And it was then that the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So uh, it's just, it says give thanks in all things. Um, and uh, it's, just, it's just good to practice that, um, that obedience of giving thanks, giving a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, no matter how you feel. And you know what? As you give thanks to the Lord, you will find your heart and your soul uh, lifted by that. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. We are so blessed. Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you chose us, that you want us to belong to you. God, thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you dwell right inside us, that you never leave us or ever forsake us. Thank you that everything that happens to us, you are working for good. Thank you that we are set free from the bondage of complaint and bitterness and self-pity. Thank you that we have been brought into a lifestyle where we can overflow with gratitude, where we can give thanks to you with all our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful